I had a, a dream last night that I want to talk through. I actually had a series of dreams, but I'm going to start with the one that was the most important. I had a dream within a dream. I had a dream in which I was talking about my other dream. And so there's three dreams at least. I had one dream. I had a dream where I was telling my mother about that dream. And then I had this third dream that was the most significant. Weird. Very dreamy night. So this third dream was very, very different than dreams that I usually have. Um, well, it was sort of in a genre that I now and then have, which is kind of like a movie dream, where none of the characters are people I know, and I never get a clear sense as to whether it's me in the dream or whether I'm, like, a character. Um, but I was in a first-person perspective, so... But there were even times when I felt like I was more of just an observer of the whole thing. Um, I didn't feel the peril of the characters. So there was a lot of peril in this dream. And it was, it was like a horror movie. But it was, <laughs> it was very, very interesting. Okay, alright, I'm just going to try to describe it without interpretation. Um, and then I'll obviously ramble forever about it after. So, hopefully I can remember sequentially. The first thing I remember about this dream <clears throat> is being in sort of a, a forest, um, but we were in a clearing, and I was with a girl, and she was my friend. <laughs> and that girl, um, I remember looking up and seeing the mountain was on fire. There was a... Uh, the the mount, the hills and forest, tr you know, tree, like tree-filled forest would ri rose like with a hill right, right next to the clearing we were in. And I could see that it was on fire a ways away. And then later there was a realization that this place catches on fire all the time, that it's almost like a magical, like that's actually part of like the daily environment is that it burns and then regrows like daily. So, I don't know about the regrowing part, but that was sort of implicit in the fact, because the, my friend, she lived in the hills or something, and she was like, at one point she was like, hey, I gotta run, I gotta go, but you should come with me. And, she, and I was like, alright, I will be right behind you. And, and then, as I saw where she was going, I saw that there was fire, like, all over the place, and I realized that it was going to be <clears throat> a little dangerous for me, where she kind of knew the environment and was used to the fire and knew how to, like, not get caught in it. But there was like, so now, now I saw the, f I heard, now there was these other characters at this point who said like, see, that's how it starts every time. And they were pointing out that like right in front of my eyes, the, um, the undergrowth was just combusting into flames, like right there. But it was clear to me that like, I was not in danger as long as I didn't go up the hill. So it kind of had a magical characteristic to it. It wasn't like a wildfire. It was more like a more like, um, more like rain, but it just happened to be fire. So, um, but I remember thinking I'm not going to follow my friend, but I remember also thinking she thinks I'm <clears throat> coming after her <clears throat> and I'm not because I don't have the, uh, I don't, I don't dare to. And, um, okay. The next thing I remember is having a realization that my friend had kind of gone missing 
And so this is the part that feels like a movie. There's another part of the dream that I sort of, I saw her disappear from a distance, like the way that a camera shot might see. I saw her standing outside of a, I saw her like stop and look at something and then turn toward it. And then I saw her immediately like disappear, like, like she got sucked into something. I specifically remember thinking that the way that it was filmed, like the, the angle of visibility, I remember conscious, like my brain thinking, that's not, you know, in real life, I should have seen her get pulled into the hole, but she just disappeared, you know. So then there was this, so then my character, I kind of became aware that she was in trouble and started going after her with another girl. So me and this other girl decided to go up and see what was at, what was going on. But in this case, I'm not quite sure if I was a character, if I was just watching a film. Like, I'm not sure if this, it may be that this girl actually went up and I was just the camera. So the second girl goes and I go with her or my view goes with her and we get to the place. And, and now the ground is charred everywhere. Like the fire has passed for the day. She gets to this place and sees like right where the girl has disappeared. And I'm having this sensation of like watching the X-Files where I'm like, oh, like kind of almost wanting to cover my eyes because I don't want to see what's going to happen. Where, But this girl kind of bravely sees a hole and she, and she crawls into it. And she starts pushing and there's like spider webbing of some kind down there. <clears throat> and it's very much like an alien experience. Like, and I'm like kind of as the camera angle... I'm there with her in the hole and I'm thinking, this is bad for her. But I'm not really thinking it's bad for me, but I'm thinking like, this brave girl should be a little more cautious. <laughs> and then suddenly the hole above her gets closed over the top, like someone has closed her into this pitch blackness. Now at this point, I have a very like panicked reaction, but it's the type of panicked reaction you have when you're watching a film, not when you're actually in the hole. I'm thinking, Oh, I don't want to see this. I don't know what's about to happen. Well, it becomes clear to me because there's like this spider webbing uh, and there's kind of like a trap door above the top. I'm thinking this girl's being caught by a spider of some kind, like a monster spider. So it's pitch black. And then, and then there's like a flash of light and she drops in, she drops into this room and there's, a, and it's boom, light everywhere. And I'm looking at her and she's looking around and there's like a party going on. There's like a, um, and the girl who went missing is in there and she's dressed in like a, like they're wearing like, like glittering, like <clears throat> the great Gatsby, uh, dresses and like very like gaudy, bright flashing outfits <clears throat> and there's like four or five teenagers or there everyone in here is maybe 20 years old and they're all like you know young adults and they're all dressed in these like ridiculous gaudy things and and it's it's as if she's gone through like a looking glass or like you know through like an Alice in Wonderland she's in this <clears throat> weird situation now 
where hey, why wouldn't that hole have put me into this party or whatever, right? So I am watching this and I'm thinking, um, there's something wrong here. This is off, right? So, and the girl, the character is having the same thought somehow, like she knows something's off. <laughs> but her friend who she was looking for is, says hello to her and is like, hey, like, you made it or whatever, you know. So then, um, I'm not sure how much time passes, but the second girl, the one we've been following closely, um, somehow devises a way to escape what she starts to recognize as some kind of a visual hallucination. And I'm not sure, I think she kind of holds her breath. Um, and suddenly she sees the whole room she's in in a totally different perspective. And we can see the truth, which is that um, there's a giant spider. There is <clears throat> two men who have tied the um, young adults. The young adults are like tied up and they're like battered and bruised and like everybody looks really beat up. Like it is a bad situation. Obviously people are gonna die and there's no party going on and no one is dressed like in flashy gear. And she is seeing it for what it really is. And we also are as well. But she hasn't reacted, so she's... So the the men that are tying people up and the spider... Like, no one seems to realize that she's, she's seeing what's going on. At this point, um, she gets one of the other... I think the girl that we came to save. She gets her behind her physically and sort of um, does that, like, nonchalantly somehow... So she's kind of protecting her. And the giant spider is <clears throat> sitting there and he uh, kind of notices something funny. And the angle kind of zooms in on his face and he's, he's sort of alien looking. He's not, I mean, every insect is if you grow it like to giant size, but this is, there's this sudden realization that this is not like a typical spider. The spider has this kind of, protrusion that's like kind of alien or sort of venom looking that comes out of its mouth and it starts to blow blow these like spores right at that girl like slowly like and I can see these like little spore like things coming toward her and I see her face that she just refuses to like breathe so the spider is like attempting to intoxicate her with uh, this um, hallucinatory thing and she's blocking the girl behind her so she's also not breathing this stuff and um it's very interesting so i'm realizing like oh, okay so the men still haven't noticed what's going on but the spider is sort of nonchalantly like just trying to reintoxicate her to make sure that she doesn't you know like real like doesn't escape or whatever <laughs> okay so the last part of this is um that she so she doesn't breathe anything and for some reason, as a way to prevent the spider from continuing to breathe this stuff at her, she walks up to it and she shoves her arm into its like 
jaw into its mouth, like to let it bite her. And the spider sort of like casually clamps down with these two huge fangs. It's like goes straight through her arm. And he does it a, a couple of times. So there's like, like just this like huge fangs going straight through her arm a couple of times. And she's like, this girl is, you know, obviously tough. She, she doesn't even flinch. And I think at this point, the men look over and see what's going on, but there's nothing for them to do. Like, they, they seem to have, like, they're not like the spider's keepers. They're more like prisoners of the spider in some... That's, but I didn't realize that at this point, but I think later in the dream, I kind of have that realization. Well, so they're not going to do anything about this. They're just like, all right, spider's eating that girl. Like, <clears throat> spider's the boss or whatever. But they do take note of something weird going on. Then I see that um, the girl, this main protagonist, she's suddenly growing like Alice in Wonderland. Like she's growing huge. She grows and grows and grows and grows. So something in this toxin from the spider or whatever is, ca- is actually causing her to grow enormously. She gets, she grow like the spider's fangs are like the size of her well, let's see. So the spider is, I would say, if she's full size, the spider's like 15 feet long. I mean, it's like three times the size of a human. So she grows until the spider is normal size spider. And then she stomps it. Just, ah! And um, she keeps growing. And, um, but she, the rest of us grow with her. The rest of the humans, like, besides the two men. So then I have this sense that I'm kind of like watching her or I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching her. So I then am in the scene at this point, I have the impulse to squash the two men as well, because I have this feeling that like we have to squash them or else they're going to come after us. And I'm about to do that. And she's like, oh, no, no, they're not bad. They're not bad men. She's like, they're not bad men. And so she, I see them running away like ants because we're huge and they're tiny. The two men didn't grow. And she's like, yeah, no, that's fine. Let them go. They're, they're scurrying to the corner of the room or the den. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. Just let them go. And we, we exit the spider den. Okay, so <clears throat> the last thing that happens is um, we're walking... We're walking now down, like I'm, I'm with this girl and we're just like walking back through sort of like a public park as if everything's basically fine. Seems like we're back to normal size. There's a very like relaxed sensation of like nothing, nothing is amiss and everything's okay. So that, that was basically it. It was a very interesting, I do think that in that last scene, there was still a sense of the, f- the forest burning. Everything was fine, and there was like smoke in the distance from the normal fires. So, that is my best explanation of that dream. I think, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I'll...
maybe think a little bit about what it means in the next segment here. Before I forget, I would like to describe the second dream I had. So, man, I had a lot of dreams lately. The second one that I'm thinking of is a dream where I was... I was listening to... I was... was, um, There was me, there was a girl, and there was a man. And that man was a wealthy man who was an investor, and he was training... He was, he was, the girl was moving his money around and he was, and she was basically saying like, okay, so he was, it was kind of like this. He was saying, all right, so what should we do? And she was like, well, so we should probably put a bunch of this into GM. And he was like, yep, I would put all the savings there in from that account into GM. (laughs) I remember GM. And then she was like, on the phone calling a broker and saying we want to set a stop loss at 45 and 55 i remember that doesn't really make sense but that's what she told him like and the wealthy guy was like nodding like you're doing it right like he wanted to i think what that meant is he wanted to trigger if the price dropped to 45 he wanted to sell and if it went up to 55 he wanted to sell on some other stock or something and then um he was like kind of very, very, like, kindly correcting her on one or two things, like, no, let's do it this way instead of that, so he was trying to train her, sort of, like, to, to manage his finances, and she was partially trained, so he was closely monitoring and giving her feedback, well, I, I, uh, later, I was telling my mother about that dream, I was saying, I dreamed about this like stock trading man and this girl that he was training and and I said uh but I I woke in the middle of the dream and I recorded I hit record on my phone and I fell back asleep and I captured the audio from the dream and it turns out like I talk a lot in my sleep because I could hear the words that the characters were saying on this audio that I recorded so I recorded the audio but the weird thing is the voices sound different. They don't sound like me. I, it's like I recorded... It's like my sleep talking is actually imitating the characters' voices to perfection. So I was really... You know, it's actually something that... I'm, I'm surprised I didn't realize... Or not surprised, but there's a possibility that I would have realized it was that that was still a dream if I would have thought harder about that. But to me, it made sense that, like, somehow... And I thought it was kind of magical. It's like, wow, in my sleep, I'm... I, I did find that sort of, like, haunting or interesting. I was like, ooh, my unconscious mind can recreate people's voices to perfection. And I can imitate them. And now I have a recording of it. How interesting. I was really kind of... thought that was very cool, very intriguing and surprising. But I didn't realize that I was still dreaming when that happened. Um... I'm actually a little disappointed that I don't have that recording because it was really, to my waking mind, it was very radical and interesting to discover that I could record the voices from my dreams. (laughs) Um, So that dream 
was that that was the only thing interesting about that was it was a dream within a dream. Okay, final dream retelling. I honestly can't remember if this dream was last night or the night before. Um, I think it was probably last night, but it was probably at the beginning of the night, and then these other dreams were at the end of the night. So I had a really long, robust dream about being... So a couple of things. I feel like in my mind, it's like I was in New York City or California uh, or like San Francisco. There was a public transportation system that was a subway system that was like really really you know when you're on those subway systems and like in theory it seems like a quick trip because you're traveling so fast I, I don't know you, you start to realize just how big New York City is when you're on a subway for an hour and a half to get to, from one end to the other of it you know it's just just and you're going like 50 miles an hour in between stops you know I mean it just is such a big city so this is kind of like that um but I was in a, specifically, we were in an amusement park of some kind. And um, there was, and it was huge. And I think of it as being called like Worlds of Fun or Oceans of Fun, which I believe was the name of an amusement park in Missouri when I was a kid that I visited when I visited my grandparents. But <clears throat> I think um, the amusement park was like, that not central. I don't think, you know, riding rides was a big part of this, but there was a sense that I had that we were in a, an amusement park that was huge, but there's also like a city. It was all tied together. And I lo- we lost our uh, grandfather. My grandfather went out on the subway alone and it was like he suddenly was experiencing dementia. Now all my grandfathers are dead, but and none of them had dementia before they died. But there was like this slight dementia that we realized he was experiencing and he had disappeared. And I went and was trying to find him out on the subway. And there was only a couple subway lines to find him on, but um, so I was trying to get ahead of him and then watch every train that came through to see if I could find him, things like that. And it was very, um, I was, it was very frustrating, and um, I had this, and like night was coming, and it was a long dream, and I just kept, kept looking. I wasn't like horribly terrified because I wasn't very close to my grandfather. It was more like the way you might feel if um, <clears throat> anyone told you that they were missing an elderly member of their family, and you wanted to help them find him because you don't want someone to suffer like and end up cold and alone at night. But I wasn't like deeply personally disturbed that it was my grandfather. It was just, it was just sort of like, I want to help this elderly person. I want to find him. Um, and, uh, man, I just like, I couldn't, couldn't find him. And I was looking through different subway cars. There was a lot of scenes in this dream when I was like getting on a subway car that was like a double-decker subway car. You know, like like you'd go down the stairwell to the bottom and then looking around for him and and not finding him. And then I would get off the subway and man, such a big dream because then I would stop in these certain places 
and uh, I would um, I would get off the train and I would be at like some location in the city and I would go and have this other experience there like there's this one location where um, there were uh, like uh, I don't know sort of like models like uh, women in like uh, swimming suits like bikinis and stuff they were like <clears throat> it's like I'd walked into some kind of um, uh, like Sports Illustrated swimsuit like shoot or something <clears throat> but it was also kind of like they were servers at a restaurant or something weird um, I don't remember any details of that but I just remember that it was like uh, I was looking I was really just kind of dropping into places and checking to see if I could see my grandfather and then kind of leaving um, and seems like I remember a couple other and then, so here's the weird thing going on right now for me is that there's a certain I'm really having a hard time remembering if all of these dreams were last night or a couple nights ago or if I've been having a recurring dream of this type so because as I start talking about this I'm remembering this other dream segment that I think might be months old but that I haven't haven't recollected in a long time where where I'm getting on a subway <clears throat> and traveling all the way to the east coast um, from the west coast like that it can kind of go at warp speed that I'm popping up in like Atlanta Georgia and then I'm popping up in like um, North Carolina and I'm popping up in Florida I specifically remember that there was like a hurricane coming and so we had to like, but it was always sort of like we were traveling in, in space time in like a unique way. So we were getting there in minutes instead of hours and, um, or days. And, uh, I think that's a separate dream, but it has a really similar feel of being on this train, this like kind of magical transportation train, um, that, in that case was like hyperspeed and was like sort of like you know the way that like in space shows they're like okay we're gonna travel to this part of the universe and then they sort of go into like you know some kind of wormhole and then they get there that's kind of how it was to get to all these different east coast cities <laughs> it was, but I think that's an old dream I don't think that was last night but this one was really similar in the way that I was trying to figure out all the different places my grandfather could be. Now, I'm remembering that I found where my grandfather was. I got him on the phone. He answered his cell phone or something. And he was kind of incoherent. He was on a subway. And I was able to get him to tell me, what's the next stop? What's the next stop? And I remember him saying a word or a, a, an, a that was not recognizable to me, but I knew as like it that's similar to like a street name. It was like Tiflin or something and I remember thinking okay so the next stop is Tiflin and then he was like no it's Cedar and then so I was like okay so he's moving and I just I was like I just need to know where those places are then I can figure out what route he's on and I can track him down but I couldn't remember he hung up and I was like I can't remember the streets he told me and I can't you know I didn't recognize them um it wasn't my home you know I was like a tourist and I couldn't remember them exactly. That was really frustrating. So, um, 
I don't know, there's a couple of moments in that dream where, like, I was at the top of this huge hill overlooking the theme park and the city that were all merged together. <clears throat> it's kind of like SimCity. That you would have, like, a city and a roller coaster all in the same place. <laughs> and I remember from that hill that I was on, it was almost like I was on a cliff, and I could see the the top of the, um, like, theme park roller coaster sign. You know, if you imagine a big roller coaster with this giant sign over the top that says, like, oh, Worlds of Fun or something. I could see the top of the Worlds of Fun lettering popping up above the cliff side in front of me. So it was kind of like I was above the roller coaster. Um, and that was interesting. So, you know, it was interesting to be behind that, looking over the whole thing. I felt afraid of the uh, fall. That was a that was an interesting one. 